From Washington, this is Talking Tax. I'm your host, Amanda Icone. This week, we are back for part two of our conversation with Morris Pearl, a former managing director for BlackRock, who now serves as chair of the Patriotic Millionaires. The group believes that the U.S. tax code unfairly benefits the rich and has been advocating for higher taxes on themselves for a decade. The advocacy group is also concerned about the influence that U.S. corporations exert over our political system and is monitoring corporate disclosures ranging from international tax liabilities to environmental, social, and governance reporting. Morris joined me to talk about the intersection of tax policy and corporate reporting. Let's start with how public companies in the U.S. report their tax liabilities to investors. There's been a push to require more detailed disclosures about taxes that U.S. companies pay to other countries. What is it that you'd like to see? What is it that you're missing from that disclosure today? Well, what we would like to see is companies reporting on a country-by-country basis how much revenue they make in that country and how much taxes they pay in that country. Um, first of all, we think that would, by, by transparency, sort of decrease any outrageous behaviors. But secondly, we think that some companies are really engaging in risky behavior, putting their company's profits at risk by doing things that when they do become public, and they always eventually do, really make them face reputational risk. You know, you saw what happened to Starbucks when they decided that they made no profits in the United Kingdom because all of their revenue went to pay intellectual went to pay for their intellectual property, which was in other countries. That the people became outraged and Starbucks said, "Oh well, actually, we're going to pay some taxes in the UK now. Just we'll just change our accounting and make some arbitrary decision." And that kind of thing for a smaller company could be a much bigger problem. And so we believe that all the companies that are operating in more than one country should simply disclose how much of their taxes are paid in each country. So the the U.S. Financial Accounting Standards Center, better known as the FASB, is actively looking at this very issue. The board put out a proposal last year that was panned by both investors and preparers. Um, the FASB recently just said that it would be taking another look at this disclosure, how, how, you know, their requirements for how companies disclose this information yet this quarter. But at the same time, there is also this global debate about how to tax in the digital economy, when to tax a transaction, which jurisdiction gets to keep that tax revenue from that economic activity. I wonder how you see that global tax debate impacting policy or even reporting practices here in the U.S.? I mean, are these things, how are these things interconnected? Well, it's important because every country needs to have some tax revenue to support itself. And if a company is is making money in some country by either extracting resources or selling products or whatever, then they need to make a contribution towards the operations of that country. One of um, the things that we've been looking at is what we call um, 
a sales apportionment where a company would look at its entire profits worldwide and then apportion that profit by different countries based on how much revenue they make in each country. So that a country, a company such as you know Apple, for instance, that operates all over the world in all kinds of countries, would simply calculate its entire profit for the entire world of all of its subsidiaries and affiliates all over the world, and then look at what percentage of that is what percentage of their revenue is earned in the United States by selling their products in the United States, and then say that percentage of their profit should be a portion of the United States. Um, and that's something that we've been looking at quite a bit in terms of how a corporate tax system could work, because it's not clear the current system of earnings and accounting and how you do transfer pricing. And it's a particularly not clear when there's a whole industry of people who are making it unclear and deliberately obfuscating it and trying to go, you know, around and within and between the rules in order to benefit their company. So you feel that this would clarify, simplify, make it more transparent in terms of how those taxes are paid? Yeah. That's a proposal that we have looked at. And you know, this is a little bit tangential to our main effort of uh, making the tax system more progressive in general. But yeah, we think that's important too. What about disclosures on political spending? How much information do companies share with investors today? And why is that another issue that your group is also monitoring? How does that impact equality, tax equality overall? Well, we're greatly encouraging companies to disclose political spending. We think that the fact that some companies are spending money on politics is a problem. And not because necessarily that politicians take bribes or something. I honestly believe that the vast majority of politicians on both sides of the aisle are honestly trying to do the best they can for what they believe their constituents want them to do. But the problem is what they believe their constituents want them to do is what they hear from their constituents. And many spend far more time with their donors than they have time to spend with everyone else. When politicians need to raise a lot of money and need to spend a lot of time schmoozing with people who have money, that means they have that much, they have that much less time to spend with other people and they have a huge amount of expertise in the exact details of the problems their donors have, but they don't hear from the other side. And that's the problem, is that donors have so much more access to our political leaders. And so we certainly believe that money in politics is a problem, and we particularly believe that corporate money in politics is a problem too. There's not a reason that corporations should be spending their corporate money, which is really their shareholders' money, their owners' money, on politics. We can't talk about corporate reporting and corporate disclosures without at least mentioning sustainability, um, sometimes referred to as ESG reporting. There is, it's a huge issue right now. There's huge demand from investors for disclosures that go far beyond net income, return on investment, earnings per share, sort of these kind of hallmark figures. Um, your former employer, BlackRock, just announced that it would start evaluating its portfolio against sustainability disclosures. 
And in a letter from Larry Fink, he said that such disclosure should be a means to achieving a more sustainable and inclusive capitalism. You know, obviously you're concerned about tax equality, but also economic inequality. I mean, your organization has has talked about, and you mentioned it today, the, the growing economic inequality in our country. I wonder what your thoughts are about this push for sustainability disclosures. Is this just a fad? Will it lead to meaningful change? Well, I certainly hope it's not just a fad. I certainly hope it's a long-term movement in the direction of people looking at the long term. The problem, as Larry Fink said, is that if you're only looking at how much money you're going to make in the next three months, that's deceptive because if you're making a long-term investment, even something as simple as a 30-year mortgage, you have to look 30 years ahead. You have to think 30 years from now, is that land going to be there? Or might it be flooded from rising seawater? And if I was looking at making a 30-year mortgage on a building on Miami Beach or a building in Queens by Brighton Beach or Brooklyn by Brighton Beach, you know, I have to think about whether that building is going to be there 30 years from now. And I can't just focus on, you know, what is the profits going to be over the next three months or 12 months. So I think it makes sense. It's not that, you know, the investment managers are saying, oh, let's do something altruistic. No, they're saying let's do something that we believe is actually in the interests of the people investing the money that the people, at least some of the people who are investing the money, actually want done because ultimately investment managers work for their investors, their clients. And let's look at the long term. And I think that is a trend that's changing. It used to be people did that all the time. People made investments thinking about how their investments would be doing 10, 20, 30 years in the future. It was only in the 1970s and 1980s that corporate raiders came along and said, oh, we can like buy this company and liquidate it and you know, make a lot of money this month. And you know, let's not think about what's next year and the year after and the rest of our lives. And I think maybe that was the fad. And that is what is hopefully passing. Thank you, Morris. Really enjoyed speaking with you today. Morris Pearl is the chair of the Patriotic Millionaires. For more tax and accounting news, visit news.bloombergtax.com and find us at tax on Twitter. That's it for this week's episode of Talking Tax. From Washington, I'm Amanda Icone. From Washington, this is Bloomberg Government's Down Ballot Counts. Hey there, I'm Kyle Trigstad, politics editor for Bloomberg Government. And I'm Greg Giroux, senior elections reporter for Bloomberg Government. Check out our podcast, Down Ballot Counts. Those aren't the only down ballot races we're watching, are they? In states like Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania. Will Democrats be able to defend their majority in the House this year? Will Republicans keep their majority in the Senate? Are there other members who wish to record their presence? Each week, Greg and I will be breaking down all of those down-ballot elections that make up the fight for the U.S. Congress. 26, and that is the number of women who will be serving the United States Senate when it swears in Georgia Republican Kelly Leffler. Along the way, we'll cover all of the numbers that matter. 
So a really interesting thing is how much national security background and experience so many of them are bringing to this job. And interview key players in the congressional elections. Listen and subscribe to Down Ballot Counts from Bloomberg Government wherever you get your podcasts.